if you don't know that we live in a world where people are easily offended, then you've been living under a rock. Because we live in a world where people are easily offended. Am I, am I right? I mean, like me, I, I have the ability to offend people. I don't try to do it on purpose. It just comes natural. It's like a spiritual gift. I don't get it. So, but, but I, and as a pastor, it's not hard. If you preach the word of God, it's, it will offend some people. Like, I talked to a friend, this was a couple months ago, and he invited a couple, like, over a year ago. And it just popped in my head. And I said, hey, that couple that you invited, like, a long time ago, I, I remember meeting them, but they never came back. He's like, yeah, she didn't like it. I'm like, what? What didn't she like? Pr- probably the pastor. I know he's weird, but whatever. So, so I said, what didn't she like? She said, well, when, you came, when, when they came, you were preaching about money. And I'm like, well, Jesus actually taught about money more than anything else. Like, I've, like if I erased all the scriptures that talked about money, we'd have to omit a lot of the Bible. But it, it, so my guess is when she heard that, she probably shut off right away, and that can happen. Like, oh, you know, we, we put our defenses up. I've done it. And, uh, but, but she would have missed the message, the message that said, you know, God doesn't need anything from you. Like, he owns it all, so don't get all flustered about that. But he has something for you, right? And, and she would have she missed me say that some of the most blessed, joyous, people are also some of those generous and giving people. She, she would have missed all that. And who knows, maybe she's watching right now. Ma'am, if you're watching right now, I want to invite you back to Meadows Church. And maybe, you'll, maybe you never want to come back. And if that's, if that's how you feel, at least send your tithe or offering. We'll put it to good use. See, I'm telling you, I, I offend. So anyway, I joke, but, but we do live in a world that says, I'm offended if you don't believe what I believe. I'm offended if you, don't, if you don't talk how I want you to talk, act how I want you to act, vote how I want you to vote. If you don't do those things, then I'm offended. Well, you're not only offended, you're, you're probably single too for a long time because that's a difficult person. But that's the world that we find ourselves living in. Can I tell you something? If you want to talk about offensive, this guy named Jesus, <laughs> offensive. Very offensive. If you're new, we've been in a series, a summer series called Jesus is blank. And and we don't need to fill it in because Jesus fills in the blank. Like seven different times, his friend John was like documenting what Jesus said. It's like, ooh, he said he is the light of the world. That's kind of audacious, but I'm going to write it down. And then he's writing down stuff that Jesus said. And what Jesus, it was offensive. Who does he think he is? Jesus, I am the light of the entire world. I am the bread of life. I mean, if I stood up here and told you that I am the bread of life, and unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, uh, you won't have eternal life. <laughs> okay, if I say that, I'm not, a lot of you are going to, like, church attendance will be lighter next week, okay? Is that fair to say? Of course, there will always be one or two people, yeah, let's drink some blood. Okay, you have no friends, all right? You're weird. So, we want to pray for you from a distance, all right? So, um, yeah. So, Jesus was very offensive. Christianity can be very offensive. Like, many people have doubts about Christianity. But, but understand something. As long as I've been a pastor, no one's ever, that I know of, has ever left the church because of what Jesus did. No one's ever said, Pastor, I'm done. I'm sick of it. You preached about Jesus. He healed that little girl and rose her back to life. I'm done. He, he that blind guy, he, he loved him and then brought his sight back. 
Those people that were starving, Jesus fed them. I'm just appalled by that. That day that Jesus turned water into wine, trust me, the day that Jesus turned water into wine, no one in the audience was offended. They were like, chug, chug, chug. They were, they were excited. They, no one was, they were, see, people weren't mad about what Jesus did. What made them offended is what Jesus said. It's what he claimed that really ticked them off. But what he did, I mean, what he did was miraculous. What was so crazy about Jesus is he would do a huge miracle, I mean, this grandeur miracle, and then he would turn around, get on his knees, and start washing feet. I mean, he was so humble, but yet he was so bold. I mean, saying these audacious things, I'm God. Really? Saying things to you and I like, unless you love me more than you love your mom or your dad, Unless you put me before your kids, unless you do that, you're not worthy to follow me. Saying things like that, Jesus, well, that's offending me. That's, Jesus was so offensive in the things that he said. And in this series, oh, by the way, today, what I'm going to share with you in the word of God, it might possibly be the most offensive thing Jesus ever said. It was so offensive, and I liked it so much when I first heard it, I tattooed it right on my shoulder. I'm like, on 777, I'll never forget, July 7th, is when I got it. And I'm like, that's offensive. I like it. I'm going to put it right here permanently. So you're going to hear it, and it's, it is offensive. I'm going to warn you straight up. It, it, it's found in John 14. But before you go there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a couple verses at the end of John 13. So straight up, if you got a Bible or you got the mobile app, I love when you pull it out. I love when you grab your own and you personalize it. God's going to speak to you today. I hope you came expecting that. Like, underline, highlight. Now, if you don't have those things, we wanna, I want to give you a Bible for free. I'll give you 50 of them for free. I don't care. So, but we'll put it on the screen, too. But I love when you bring it. So, in John 13, I'll set the stage. Many of you, even if you didn't grow up going to church, you've maybe heard of the Last Supper. That, 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 that time when Jesus, right before he was going to the cross... Like the day before, that evening, he gathers his 12 buddies, you know, the 12 main disciples, and he goes to this upper room, and he has a meal with them. Well, it, it was 12, but it was soon to be 11. In fact, during the meal, Judas would get up and leave the building to go betray Jesus, to go tell the bad guys where Jesus was so they could arrest him. Because Judas had his own agenda, and Jesus wasn't really following the agenda according to what Judas wanted. So he took it into his own hands. So it was 12 at the table. Judas has just left. So there's tension. The 11 are like, where'd Judas go? What's going on here? And then it got real tense when Jesus started talking about, again, saying, I'm going away, guys. I won't be with you much longer. I need to go and die. And they're like, okay, this is getting, Jesus, I don't like when you talk that way. In fact, Peter, in John 13, 37, Peter, Peter's like, as Jesus said, I need to go and I need to die. And Peter, and I quote, Peter says, Jesus, I'm ready to die for you. And Jesus is like, <laughs> oh my God, Peter, okay, you make me giggle. Peter, listen, die for me? Peter, can I tell you how much you're committed to me? Um, I'll tell you the truth. Before the rooster crows in the morning, like tomorrow morning, you won't die for me. You'll, you'll deny me. Not once, not twice, but three times, Peter, you'll deny you even know who I am. That's how committed to me you are. That's offensive, Jesus. You said that to one of your closest disciples. Peter would be offended, Jesus saying that to him. 
Well, and that leads into the thing that Jesus said next, because again, the tension in the room is thick, could cut it with a knife. And in John 14, 1, Jesus is like, listen, you guys, relax, okay? I know I just ticked off Peter. I know Judas just took off, but listen to me. Don't be troubled. Don't be troubled, he says. And this is for you too, right now, today, where you're at in your life. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me, the son of God. You see, guys, gals, there's more than enough room in my father's home. More than enough. If it weren't not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? I'm going before you. See, when everything is ready, I'm going to come and I'm going to get you. So that you will always, say always. Always, that's a big word, always be with me where, where I am. And you guys, you know to where I'm going. And the, and the disciples are like, we don't, we have no clue what you're talking about, Jesus. Like, we don't have a, I, we've Googled it, we've asked Siri, she don't even know where you're going. Nobody knows. Thomas even had the guts to say it. No, Lord, we have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? And there's a silence, and Jesus, offensive guy that he is, says maybe the most offensive statement you could ever hear. Jesus says, Thomas, others, I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. And if you're not offended yet, the next sentence that comes out of Jesus' mouth, we'll do it. No one, no one will go to the Father except through me. Jesus, I don't, <laughs> okay, I don't know who you think you are, but my bumper sticker says all roads lead to God, okay? That's what my bumper sticker says. So are you telling me to tear it off? And she's like, yep, tear it off, yep. All roads don't lead to God. Jesus, you're the only way. Like, there's no other way. In other words, Jesus, let me get this right. What you're saying is, unless we believe in you, Right, this man that we see here, you've done some great things, yes, and you pull off some great magic tricks, yes. But unless we believe in you and that you 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 died on a cross and then resurrected resurrected yourself back to life, unless we believe that, we're going to hell. And Jesus would be like, mm hmm. That's really exactly what I'm saying. And I'm telling it to you so you don't go there. I'm telling it to you because I am in love with you and I created you and I would love to spend forever with you. I, he loves you so much not to tell you the truth. So, but, but how do we know? Like, like, how do we know? There's so many different beliefs, so many different religions, so many, billions of people. Most of the world is not on board with this, okay? Billions of people are not on board with this. So, but, 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 Pastor, you're going to have the audacity to get there and say that's the only way? Well, I'm not saying it. Jesus said it. But, but that's what he said. So, but, but, but I think many times, and I've been guilty of this before I went to school, before I went to ministry, got into ministry, I didn't know what other religions believed. So I'm going to take just a few minutes and just touch on a few different religions so you have an understanding and we have an understanding of what they truly believe. Because what we're ultimately saying, you were saying, billions of people are off. And those billions of people are saying we're off. So how do we know? Well, let's see what, we got to look at the facts, right? We can, we can speculate all day long. 
There's many people, Eastern religions, Buddhism, Hinduism, let's look at those. Buddhism, what does a Buddhist believe? Here's what, they, here's what it says they believe. They believe there's no God. There's no type of final existence. Just countless rebirths. You can save yourself, according to Buddhism, by ceasing all desire. I don't understand that, but I, I'm just telling you what, what it says. In fact, the ultimate goal is to extinguish all desire. That's, that's the win, uh, being a Buddhist. Hinduism, another Eastern religion, what do they believe? They do have a God, but it's an impersonal God. It's a God that they can approach through statues and through idols. Okay? This God, your standing with the God depends on your devotion and your good works. So you're going to earn your good standing with this God. You do good things, you earn it, you're, you're devoted, and that's going to get you in good graces with, the, with this God. You, again, they believe you can save yourself in this, in this religion by living in unity with a divine life force and paying back your karmic debt through suffering in successive lives of reincarnation. That's what they believe. So, and I thought about reincarnation for a second. And I, as I'm studying this week, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to go there for a second. Like, if, I, if God said, Monty, I'm, you're going back, and you can be any animal you can be. What do you want to be? Like, what would you want to be? I mean, any animal. I just had some fun with it. Let's have some fun. Like, at the count of three, I'll give you a second or two to think about it. But at the count of three, just shout out online, write it in the comments, what animal? Would you come back as if you had the opportunity? Say that was true. So ready? On the count of three, just shout it out. One, two, three. Why do you? Ah, uh, okay. Security? Secure. She yelled cat. Purposely you yelled that loud, so I heard it too. I know you did. Okay, if you yelled cat, I'm just going to say it. Number one, you possibly have a demon. Okay? We want to pray with you and for you. Okay? So, uh, you did not. You just said, uh, you did not mean that. You did not mean that. So the answer is easy. Can I, can I tell you the correct answer? A dog. That's the correct. No, it is. Let me tell you. I know you say no, but you, then you don't know my dog. I live with my dog. He has the life. Sleeps in, gets up whenever he wants, walks around, demands me to let him out, poops and pees wherever he pleases, does not care who watches, does not care whose lawn is, does not care. Comes back in, expects food in the bowl, expects drink, expects scratches and, and, and treats and baths. And, and in the meantime, just sleeps and naps and circles around and sleeps. and I mean, he's got the life. I just, I have nothing else to say. I'm just getting off base here. So he, that's a dog is the answer. So, did you hear me? Okay, good. So, all right. <laughs> you guys are getting me off track. So here we go. So, Jesus said something so offensive. And other relig many other religions would believe it's offensive. We looked at Buddhism. We looked at Hinduism. Islam. Over 2 billion practice Islam. That's a religion. Muslims practice Islam. Right? That's their religion. What do they believe? I mean, that they're, like 2 billion. 2 billion people claim Christianity. So as many people practice this as practice what maybe you do or I do. And by the way, if you're not a Christian or you don't know what you believe, I'm so, I'm so grateful you're here. I'm so grateful you're watching online. I am just, thank you, just for being open and being here. So Islam, they worship Allah, who's a personal God. You can save yourself by living a good life and having good deeds according to the Quran. 
So the Quran would be their authority, like, like the Bible. And much of the Quran would, would mirror what the Bible says. But, but, but some of it doesn't, and, and some big stuff. Like, for example, the Quran is the only historical claim document that denies that Jesus was crucified on the cross. So, and for our faith, for Christian faith, that was, that was pivotal. Like, that's the biggest event that ever took place, is that Jesus would die on a cross, and even bigger, that he would rise from the dead. So they're not, they're, they're not, no, that, that wasn't a thing. So that was a, that's a big, big um, uh, difference, you could say. I, I wanted to add a couple that you maybe are more familiar with that we see in our world or in the Western world, um, like Mormons or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, LDS, um, or Jehovah Witness. So let's touch on those for a second. Uh, Mormons, um, just like Jehovah Witnesses, neither of those believe in the Trinity. They do not believe that Jesus is God. They don't. Uh, Christianity is like, there's God the Father, there's God the Son, and there's God the Holy Spirit. Like, we believe they're all God, and they're all, they're all different persons, but they're one God. It's, so it, it can be confusing, but we do believe that Jesus is God. Okay? The, the, the Mormon faith does not believe that. So the Mormon faith, they're, they're, much is similar to Christianity. I'll, I'll tell you what's similar. Um, salvation of sin depends on a person's willingness to exercise faith in Christ. Like, repent, in other words, turn, turn away, be baptized, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Discrepancy would be like, Mormons believe that in 1820, the year 1820, the church was defunct. It was done. It was over. It was a mess. And uh, so, they believe that, that God and Jesus, because Jesus isn't God, according to them, God and Jesus called a new prophet to restore the true church. The new prophet, his name was Joseph Smith. Is, is the prophet. And script, so the Mormon scripture is not just the, the Bible, but it's also a book that Joseph Smith wrote called uh, the Book of Mormon. So they have a couple different authorities that they live by. So, um, and, and we don't believe that. So there, there's a big difference. Jehovah Witness, um, they believe that Jesus is, sa- he's not God, but he is, a, he is our savior. Okay, but, but the discrepancy is a Jehovah Witness, they don't, and I went to their web, I want to make sure I got it right, they're recording this, so it's going to go out there, so, um, so I went right to their website to get this right from what they say on their website, they don't believe in hell, so, which is weird, because if you look at scripture, like Jesus talked about hell even more than he talked about heaven, he talked about it a lot, he wanted us to know that is an option, so, but, but, so Jehovah Witness do not believe in hell, and as for heaven, what they believe, and let me get it right here. Don't believe in hell, but as for heaven, only 144,000 people will be resurrected to life in heaven. Okay, I don't like those odds, honestly. I mean, that's not, out of billions that have lived, okay, that's, yeah. So, Orthodox Judaism, that is, that is a Jew. That is not, there's Messianic Jews, they believe, they're, 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 they believe in Jesus, he's the son of God. But then there's Orthodox Jews, who they don't, they're still waiting for the Messiah. Which is, in, which is crazy. Jesus was a Jew. If you think about it, and, and, and Jews that are Orthodox, these, these traditional Jewish people, well, according to what Jesus said, they're not even saved. They're, they're still waiting for the Messiah. They don't think Jesus was the Son of God. So they're still waiting. What they believe is you can save yourself by living a good moral life according to the Old Testament law, and when you fall short of living that life, you confess your sins. When I read that, I thought, well, my gosh, it's like I grew up as a Jew. Because that, honestly, that's how I lived. Technically, I grew up Catholic, 
Like I went to Catholic grade school and all that, wore a red sweater, white, white shirt, blue pants, never had to worry about what I was going to wear, looked like a flag walking around every day. It was great. So um, I did. It was, I, I was proud. So, um, but it, I, it, was really, it was really about keeping the rules. It was really about keeping the commandments. And if I don't keep them, I'm going to hell. If I do keep them, I'm going to heaven. And confession was a huge part of our faith. In third grade, we started to go to confession. I mean, it's freaky. If you've never gone to confession with a priest... You should just do it and just experience it, okay? It's, it's like, like, you know, there's a screen and, psh, you know, you see the guy, it's all scary, looks like a shadow. And uh, but in the fifth grade, everything changed. So in the fifth grade, we had the option of going behind the screen or face to face. And for some reason, I don't know if I, like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I've lost a bet. I don't know if I was just felt cocky. But one day I went face to face, one time. I would never do it again. And I, I just, I remember walking into the confessional. I think I decided on the fly. Like I walk in and there's the screen and there's the thing and the kneeler that you kneel on. And I walk right by it. I'm like, yeah, I got this. I sit down, plunk, and I'm looking right at the priest. And he's like, hey, Monty. And I'm like, oh, my God, he knows my name. I, I, I just started, I about poop my pants. I'm like, oh, uh, and he's like, I'm like, hey. And he goes, well, let's see. Tell me when your last confession was. And my first thought was, well, you should know you were there. But anyway, it was three months ago. And then he said, well, tell me your sins. And I said, oh, God, where do I start? And I, so lying was always an easy one to start with because I know that I told some lies, you know. So I'm like, well, I've lied. And he wants you to get specific. He says, well, how many times have you lied in the past three, three months? And I said, well, let me check my spreadsheet that I've been keeping. I have no idea how many times. I, I mean, you think I'm keeping track? So I, here's what I said. I said once. And he goes, one time. And you know how he just looks at you like he knows you're lying? I, here I am. Think about that. I'm in confession lying about how many times I've lied. Okay, how I didn't get struck down by lightning right there, we don't know. So it's insane. So what, do, what, what about Christianity? What, what, what does Meadows Church, our faith, what do we believe? What do we believe? We believe there's a personal God. We believe that there's God, there's one God, but there's three persons. There's God the Father, there's God the Son, and there's God the Holy Spirit. That's what we believe. We believe he's, again, a very personal God who loves unconditionally. Like, nothing you or I could do could make him love me more, and nothing I do could make him love me less. He, he loves like that. That's crazy. That's what we believe. We believe that this God sent his son, Jesus, who's also God, uh, to, to die for the forgiveness of sins. By the way, I didn't share this um, with the first service, so you're getting some bonus, bonus content. Uh, both Buddhism and Hinduism, let me get it right. Both Buddhism and Hinduism offer no forgiveness of sins, no supernatural help, just karma. That's it. So our, the God that we would worship, the God that we believe in, the personal God that you would read about in the, in the Bible that, that, that we, we preach out of every weekend at the church, he is a personal God who, who offers forgiveness through his son, Jesus. Nothing we can do in and of ourselves can save us. You heard many of the other, especially Eastern religions, you save yourself. It, it's what you do. It's how you do it. It's you're good, you're okay, you're gonna, you have a chance. You're bad, you have no chance. That, that's, not what, that's not what true Christianity is. Christianity says you can't save yourself. And, and don't take my word for it. It's right in the word of God that we preach every week. Ephesians. Paul writes this letter, and he says it. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, listen to this. Paul says to, to, to the church in Ephesus, and to you and to me today, he says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. God saved you. 
And then he goes on to say, and you can't take credit for it. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward, Monty, like you thought it was. It's not a reward for the good things you have done. In other words, you don't have to earn it because you can't. You just have to believe it and receive it. Believe that God has prepared the way. And the way is not a direction. The way is a person. And the person's name is Jesus. He is the way. That's what it says. Okay, so we don't have to earn it. We just receive it. Seems so simple. We complicate it. So, so okay, pastor, what you're saying is, He's the only way. Well, again, I'm not saying it. Jesus said it. But yes, that's what Jesus is saying. That's so, that's offensive and that's exclusive. Actually, if you really want to look at the life of Jesus, he was probably the most inclusive person you could ever meet. He was including everybody in everything. I mean, you want to talk inclusive? He's welcoming the least of these. Like, you want to talk exclusive? The people that were the religious people ran from the people that were sick, ran from the lepers. Jesus is running to them. Jesus not only ran to them, he touched them. He healed them. The, 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 the downtrodden and the disillusioned and the heathens, the prostitutes, the uh, tax collectors, people wanted nothing to do with them. You know what Jesus said? Come to me. I'll give you rest. Believe in me. Let, let me hold you. Let me love you. Let me hug you. And not only that, but he would raise them up to lead. This is what, Jesus was not exclusive. He was very inclusive. Jesus invited them in. And I'm telling you what, regardless of where you've been, regardless of what you've done, whether you're online or in the room, Jesus today invites you in. He invites you in. Pastor, I don't know, I'm an addict. I, 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 I'm a drug addict. I'm a sex addict. I'm a porn addict. I, I, I'm I'm addicted. <laughs> I, then I would tell you, you probably found your church home, okay? Jesus invites you in. I'm a convicted felon. You're in good company at Meadows Church. Jesus invites you in. But I've got, I've got a past. I'm messed up. I've done bad things. I'm still living in sin. You know what? Then it's good news for you that Jesus said he didn't come for those who are righteous, but instead he came for those who know they're messed up. If that's you, you should give God praise a little louder than that. That's good news. Jesus came for a drug addict like me? I don't deserve that. But he did it. And he did it for you too. That's the God that we believe. So, but you have a choice. I'm not forcing anything on anybody. Jesus didn't force it. Who am I to force anything? He just, he just spoke and I'm just looking at the words he said. <laughs> it's like, it's almost like the worse you were, the better Jesus is. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not saying go knock off a liquor store so Jesus can be good. You, you don't need to make you good. You don't need to make him good. But, I mean, the, 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 the more you've been close, the closer you get to hell, the more you appreciate heaven. You know what I mean? So, and some of you, honestly, right now, you think you're going through hell, and you might feel like you're going through hell. I want to lovingly say to you, if you do feel like you're going through, through hell, whatever you do, don't stop. Right? Keep moving. Keep stepping. Keep uh, going. Don't give up in that, in that walk. You're not alone. You're not here by accident. People, people, they didn't have issues with the way Jesus lived or loved. They had issues with what he claimed. But you know the kicker about Jesus? Everything he claimed, he did. 
Everything he claimed, he backed up with the way that he lived and the way that he loved. So, so here's the conundrum, if I can say that word, which I can't. So it, the thing, what, about, what about followers of Jesus? The, see, the issue isn't Jesus, if you really pull back the layers. The issue is us, right? It, honestly, I mean, people that claim Christianity, people like me that have claimed Christianity but don't live like it, Jesus in John 13, 34, before I read to you about Judas leaving and, 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 and Jesus telling Peter that he ain't going to die for him, he's going to deny him, right before that, Jesus made another crazy statement. And I mean, it was out, it was off the charts crazy. Jesus said something, well, let me quote him. I don't want to mess this up. In John 13, 34, they're at the table. And Jesus says, now I'm giving you a new commandment. Say new. Oh my God, this is new. We've walked with Jesus for three years. It's, it's all been so good, but he's not done giving us nuggets of new. What's new, Jesus? Love each other. Wait a minute. That ain't new. Jesus, you've been telling us that from day one. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. I'm not done yet, Jesus said. Love each other just as I have loved you. Okay, that's new. Because you've told us to love God and to love others like ourselves. But now you want us to love them like you? Like, Jesus, we hung out with you. You look pretty good. You're pretty good to people. And Jesus is like, "Mm mm-hmm. And now I'm calling. In fact, Jesus goes on to say in the scripture, that's how they're going to know you belong to me. By the way you love each other, that's how they know you're a follower. That's how they know you're a Christian. Jesus, you mean by the way that they love God? Mm -mm. By the way, you love you, and you love you. Jesus, you mean by by, by how we love you, Jesus? No, no, no. By how you love each other, John. By how you love your neighbor. You know, the one that you don't like, but you're called to love. The coworker that you can't stand, but you're called to love. The friend that was a friend, but is no longer a friend, and now you talk about them behind their back, and they do the same to you. That The person you're called to love? Love like that, Jesus said. They had never heard anything like that before. Jesus had never said, love like I love you. Jesus is raising the bar. And it made, so I wrote this down. Do I, do you, do, do we exhibit more kindness and love than our Mormon friends? Do we? I wrote down, do we have more self-control than, than Muslims that we might know? Do we have more peace than a Buddhist? Do we have more joy in our heart than somebody who claims to be an atheist? Shouldn't we? Like, if you're saying, I mean, I'm saying I'm a follower of Jesus, you know what you're saying? I have God living in me. That's what you're saying, because that's what happens when you, when you surrender to Christ. The Holy Spirit literally goes in you. Now, if, you have a, if you're possessed by a spirit, shouldn't your life look different? Shouldn't your, I mean, it should look radically different than people that you know that don't have that. But does it? Does it? God is so convicting to me, too. I mean, maybe you feel the same way. Shouldn't what we say match what we do? Shouldn't what we post on social media match our lives? I, I see, I, newsflash, I don't know how many know this, but, but sometimes what people post on social media isn't a direct reflection of how their life really is. <laughs> what? You're kidding me. That's not real? No. 
Most of it probably isn't real. A guy sent me a picture a while back, and I'll show it to you. But this is social media, right? We're going to show you our best side. I'm going to show you the shiny side. I'm going to show you the new side. I'm going to show you the crisp side, the side that I want to show to everybody that doesn't know me. But behind that crisp side is a broken side, a bitten side, a warped side, a blemished side that I will hide as much as I can. Here's what I'll tell you, and this is such a true thing. Why I love our church. One more reason I love our church is because our heart, my heart, and the heart of the leadership and anybody that serves and is the church, our heart is that you would be okay enough and open enough to walk through the doors of metals, even if it's your first time. And you can walk and turn the other way. And you can show me the blemish. And you can show me the scars. And you can show me the bite. And you can show me the pain. And you can show me the abuse. And you can show me the neglect. And you can show me the past. And all you will get is love. All you will get is a hug. All you will hear is welcome home. All you will know is grace and forgiveness. It's, you don't have to get cleaned up to come here. You come here, Jesus will clean you up. This is, what I, this is, a, this is a place. This is an organism, the bride of Christ, where it's okay to not be okay. You don't have to do that here. You can get real because it's when you get real that you get healed. That's where it happens. But this is the game that we play. Right? So how do you know? By the way, people love. By the way, if somebody's claiming Christianity, but they're, but they're, but they're doing it in a way that is forceful or violent or, or like a riot or something, that in that way, that's not Christianity. Just so you know. That isn't. And the reason I can tell you that is because Jesus, I don't see one example in the Word of God where Jesus condoned his followers to be violent to defend him. He didn't. Look what happened after the Last Supper. If you don't know, after Jesus said this crazy, just offensive thing, they get up from the table, they go to a garden, Jesus prays, his friends fall asleep, they're tired, Jesus is praying, Judas shows up with the bad guys, they arrest him. Peter, you know Peter, I'll die with you. Well, he, he was going crazy. He totally went reservoir dogs on this guy, grabbed a sword, cut his ear right off. Well, not, some of you may be, well, anyway, so... Reservoir, anyway, so it doesn't matter. So, (laughs) Peter goes crazy, does a violent thing. You know what Jesus says? No more. No more of this. We won't do this, Peter. Peter, this isn't what I taught. But master, they're grabbing you and they're shaking you. I know, Peter. It's what I said would happen, but you just didn't listen. But but, but they're, they're, they're slapping you and they're hitting you and they're not respecting you. Peter, put the sword down. they won't know you're my follower by the way that you yield a sword, but by the way you yield love. Put it down. In fact, Peter, let me show you one more time. I have one more chance with you right now before I go off and do what I'm called to do. Let me show you what I mean. And he reaches down and he grabs an ear and he does surgery on a man that's going to kill him. Okay, that's what he does. That's the, so anytime that someone's violent for Jesus and they're going to show you by force who Jesus is, that ain't Jesus. It just isn't Jesus. The biggest threat to the church, and I'm convinced with all my heart, let's just get offensive together. The biggest threat to the church isn't a ruling on Roe versus Wade. The biggest offense to the church isn't homosexuality. It isn't critical race theory. The biggest threat to the church are people who claim Christianity but aren't truly following Christ. That's the biggest threat. I've done it. 
I've done it. It's people who say, you know what? Jesus is Lord, and Jesus, you have control. The problem is, he's not Lord of your life. He doesn't have control of your life. And I can speak for me firsthand, campus pastor in Sioux Falls. Jesus is Lord. Jesus has my life. And God's like, Monty, you shouldn't lie to the people. What, what God? But you're my Lord. No, I'm really not. Not of all your life. Your finances that you preach about, well, you hold back. You don't tie. You don't give 10% like you preach people to do. This is happening. True story in Sioux Falls. And, and, and God's like, why, why do you lie? You, you'll be held accountable. You know that. Jesus is more, I've sold out, I've surrendered. No, you haven't surrendered everything. 95% surrender, Monty, is no surrender at all. That's what he kept telling me. And he's convicting me. And I'm like, okay. I, I guess I can declare things all day long. But it doesn't matter what we believe to be true. It matters what is true. That's what matters. God, it can be so convicting, but Jesus loves us so much not to tell us the truth. But pastor, I'm telling you, I made a decision for Jesus. I, yep, and that's the beginning. But look at me. It's only the beginning. There are millions of people who have made a decision for Jesus. They ain't loving like him. They ain't living like him. They're not following him. That's the beginning. That's when you say, now it begins. Okay, now it begins. I surrender on a daily basis. So how do we know? How do we know when we're truly like following, here's how you know, you're changing. That's how you know. You're changing. You can't follow Jesus and not change. That is impossible. Okay, now let me, let me, let me back it off a little bit. You may not change immediately. True lasting change isn't microwavable. It's more of a crock pot. It takes time. But understand something, the more that you seek God, truly seek him. The more that you, you get around people of God, the more that you worship God, the more that you chase after God, the more that you follow Christ, the, I'm telling you, you will, the more you will live differently. The more you will act differently. The more you will give differently. The more you will live differently. The more you will serve differently. Why? Because Jesus Christ changes everybody he meets. It's inevitable. He does it. So if your life hasn't changed in the in past year, there's a good chance the Holy Spirit is not in you. Just being honest. Jesus, I, I, want, I want to see change in my life. You do too. I don't believe for a second you showed up here just to kill an hour, hour 15. You want change. You want to live your best life. You want to live your purpose. Gee, nobody wants that more than Jesus. Nobody wants that more than him. Oh, he leans in with love. So what is our action item today? I, want, I need you to pursue truth. We're pursuing it together. I, my truth, my authority is Jesus and the words that he came out of his mouth. See, this is my authority. I can't speak for you. I can just tell you what he said, and I can give you witness. And I'll talk about witnesses here in a second. What's your truth? Whatever truth you come up with, understand something. Your, tr your truth and my truth, there's rules with it. There's always rules. Trust me, growing up in my faith, there was rules. But the rules never loved me. The rules couldn't forgive me. The rules couldn't save me. The rules didn't encourage me. Well, then, then I guess truth isn't the answer. Well, pastor, then the answer is love. Right? It's always love. We, that's going to cure everything. 
That's why we, have to, we search for that person. and We search for Miss Princess Charming or Prince Charming. And we'll do whatever it takes and we're going we're gonna to go after them. And we're going to pray, pray about that. And we're going we're gonna to seek that. And we're going to uh, swipe for that and search for that. And, until we finally find it. And we finally find the perfect person. And we're like, oh, it's so good. Until it isn't. Right? And it doesn't take long before it isn't. You know? You know that day when they finally leave the toilet seat up? Okay, reality sets in. The day they squeeze the toothpaste in the middle like a demon would do and, and, and don't put the cap on, well, then you know. Or, the, or that day when they get so comfortable with you that they pass gas right in front of you and they don't even care. Oh my gosh, offensive. At that point, I was going to say, hey, turn to your neighbor and say, pull my finger. But I thought that isn't, that, that isn't wise. That could cause trouble. So we won't do that. Don't do that. So... <laughs> eventually it's not okay people will let you down jesus never will but our problem is when, when we look at truth and we look at love we just create our own i create my own truth we're my definition of it i create my own love or define it my own way but everybody can't be right not all roads do lead to life despite what we want to believe and believe in our world Oh, it's just, I don't want to be offensive. Jesus was offensive. Again, he talked about hell more than heaven. You think the crowd wanted to hear about hell? Eternal damnation? No. Why would you do that, Jesus? I love them. I love them. I'm sacrificing myself for them. They need to know what's at stake. That would be insane of me to not tell them what's at stake. week one of the series we determined that Jesus can fall of one of three categories he's either a liar and he isn't the way he isn't the truth he isn't the life he's a liar and he's not the son of God he's a liar and he didn't die on a cross and he's a liar he didn't rise from the dead and he, and he lied about everything or he's a complete lunatic and he, he was saying offensive things, doing offensive things, talking about eating my flesh and drinking my, to a lunatic. Or he's Lord. There's really no other options. Every one of the religions could put him in one of those categories. Jesus. You have to make a decision about him. Your parents can't do it for you. Your neighbor can't do it for you. Your kid can't do it for you. Your spouse can't do it for you. Your parents can't do it for you. I want you to consider one thing as you make decisions going forward from today because I, I guarantee you, the decisions that you make today will impact your life forever. Consider the resurrection of Jesus. It's the reason, it, it's the center of Christianity. Look up here. If Jesus didn't die on a cross and rise from the dead three days later, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. I always say we never have to meet again. We never have to gather again. Church is, there is no church. Church doesn't exist. Not the church that we know. It is done. So that event, could you wrap your head around that event? Something about that event. So Jesus came down as a person, God in a person, and he lived a perfect life and died a horrendous death so we wouldn't have to. See, when something comes to life, something else has to die. That's the rules when it comes to sin and death. We sin, Jesus dies for us. Pretty good deal on our part. So Jesus dies, and three days later, 
the greatest miracle in history. There's witnesses all over the place, by the way. Is, are you a liar, Jesus? It wouldn't, have, it wouldn't just be Jesus who's lying. It would be everybody. All the disciples. Everybody. I mean, everybody was involved to pull off this amazing body heist. And we're going to pretend he rose from the dead. And then we're going to give our lives. And we're going to die. And the church is going to grow and billions of people. But it's all farce. It didn't happen. What about the, would the, what about the enemy, the Romans? What if a Roman said Jesus was the Son of God? He did, actually. Right away. Right when Jesus was dead. He said it before Jesus even rose from the dead. A Roman guard. He said he's the Son of God. I bet the other Romans were like, shut your mouth. Pontius Pilate hear about that. He'll kill you. Don't be saying that out loud. Why would he say that? And Matthew recorded it. Matthew said, a Roman officer, this is at the crucifixion, and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were freaking out. It was dark in the middle of the day. Jesus is dead. Uh, a veil, a huge curtain is torn in half by itself. Buildings are crumbling. An earthquake is happening. Dead people are coming out of the grave. It's nuts. And, and the guy says, and this is the enemy. Truly, this guy's the son of God. Like, we, we, we really messed up here. Why would he say that? Even he knew it. Jesus came to us to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. Christianity. So the resurrection is the key. You want to be saved? You have to believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You just have to believe it. Believe that Jesus died on a cross and rose from the dead. Ask him to forgive your sins and make you new. Seems too simple. Yeah, I know we complicate it. It's what we like to do. Jesus says, surrender your life to me and I'll make you new. That's what I'm in the business of doing. Stop adding crap to it. Stop adding your rules to it. Stop adding religion to it. Jesus couldn't stand religion. What's Christianity? Well, I'm a pretty simple person. It's Christ plus nothing. That, my friends, is Christianity. It's Christ plus nothing. There's nothing you can do I guess believing is something, but it, 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 as for earning it, as for like, I'm going to do my part, I'm going to be good, I'm going to quit smoking crack, I'm going to quit looking at porn, I'm going to quit abusing my wife, I'm going to quit talking uh, in anger to my kids, I'm going to quit. Those are all good things to quit doing, believe me. But none of them are going to earn your way to heaven, because you can't do it. There's one way, his name's Jesus, I didn't say it, he said it. If you're saved, your most powerful testimony is your testimony. It's your story. Four and a half years ago, we launched Meadows Church, and we're at a party in the park before the church even existed. We're at uh, Halleck Park in Papillion, Nebraska. We, sit, we bought inflatables. We had a huge party set up. It was 144 degrees outside, so, you know, four people showed up. But anyway, so anyway, it was all for Jesus, so uh, I was still mad. But I'm like, gosh, God, really? Okay, so, um, but there was one guy. It's funny, we're sitting there, and I look at an inflatable, and there's this guy and his daughter. And I walk over to him, and I'm like, because I'm like anybody who had a pulse. I'm like, hey, you want to come to our church? <laughs> you know, being weirdo. So I'm like, it's just crazy. So, so Justin was his name. And, and Justin says, I, I didn't even know this was a church thing. He said, I just saw an inflatable in the park, and my daughter wanted to play. I'm like, great. So he, he don't even want to hear about it. So I just was asking him his story and asked about his daughter. And, and then he, he started it. 
He started the conversation. I wasn't being offensive. He started it. And you know what he said to me? He said, how do you know that Jesus is the only way? His words. You guys, I was fired up. I had a scripture right on my shoulder. I could have just read to him. Jesus is the way. Jesus, he said it. But I didn't do that. I mean, I could have quoted scripture after scripture after scripture. You know what God had me do? Share your story. And I said, Justin, here's how I think I know. When I was dead, I can't believe my heart was even beating. When I was black on the inside, and I cried out, I said, I didn't cry out to Buddha. I didn't cry out to Confucius. I didn't cry out to Allah. I didn't cry out to a man named Joseph Smith. I said, I cried out to a man named Jesus Christ, and he rescued me. He, he saved me. The next memory I had was being brought into a rehab center. That's how I know. That's all I know. We can debate scripture, but I, don't, I just know that I cried out to him, and he did it. I didn't. And that was weird for me to say because all my life, it was about what I do. I have to earn my, my father's approval or my mother's approval or, or, or that girl's approval or that person. I have to earn it. I have to be good for it. And I never was good enough, you guys. I wasn't. I had to do it all. So miserable. God, it was a miserable way to live. I need to do it. I need to do it. I need to do it. And one day, Jesus Christ showed up in my life. He says, Monty, stop it. You're killing yourself. I know, but I, I want to I live. I want to do you don't understand. You don't need to do it. Because it's already been done. The cross is empty. The tomb is empty. Because the cross is empty, because the tomb is empty, we can declare it done. Because Jesus Christ was no longer dead. Jesus Christ was alive. That's why I'm telling you, he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. If you need hope, if you need healing, if you need a second chance, if you need God to show up in a dramatic way today, you've come to the right place because he is here and he is ready to meet you. He's ready to love you. It's so funny, you guys, I'll tell you something real quick. I showed this, I showed this to a guy one time. I said, it's not, I'm, I'm witnessing, I said, it's not about what you do. And I did the old, it's about what Jesus has done. And the guy looks at me and he says, yeah, you added Nebraska. I said, what? You added Nebraska. He's all excited and I'm like, oh, okay, settle down, buddy. And then he said, you know what? Yeah, you, you know why? It doesn't get any better than that. And I'm like, okay, buddy. I said it doesn't get any better than Jesus. And it made me think about when I first moved here and this guy came up to me and he said, hey, Jesus is a Huskers fan. And I'm like, oh my God, where's the red Kool-Aid? I'll drink it now, bring it on. And he, I said, how do you know that, sir? He said, look at the words that Jesus speaks in the Bible. They're all in red. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I didn't have the heart to tell him that I don't know if Jesus has the power to even help the Huskers. I don't know if he's that big. I don't know. 
I'm not saying I'm not a Huskers fan. I'm on the fence. If they do good ever, I will be a bandwagon and jump on. Okay, so it's not about do, it's about done. I love you. I don't just say it because I'm the pastor of Meadows Church. I say it because there were times when I showed up at church and a person I didn't know said that to me. And right away I was skeptic. I'm like, you don't even know me. But that's what got me. The person meant it and they didn't even know me. They didn't know about my good or bad. But they authentically said, I love you. Someone, you came just to hear that. And that's nothing. My love. Here's something even bigger. God loves you so much more. The decision that you make today will determine the direction of your life forever. My prayer is that you will sell out to a man named Jesus. I did, and guess what? My life is still messed up at times. I'm far from perfect, and I'm still not who I I, want to be. All I know is I'm not who I used to be. He's changing me little by little, bit by bit. He's too slow. I want him to speed it up, but it's not my timetable. It's his, and he knows what he's doing, and I've been known to jack everything up, so... I'm trusting him. Will you trust him? We're going we're gonna to worship in one more song, and then the prayer team's going to get up, flood the stage with prayer. Don't leave here. I don't care if you... We'll pray with somebody. Jesus, there's no bigger thing. We're so devoted to get our kids to a good college and get them in a good program and do, go on vacation. That's all great stuff. It's all temporal. You're going to die, and so are they. And the decision you make... The decision you make today, I'm telling you, it's everything. And back it up with surrender. God, back it up with surrender. The decision is just the beginning. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Oh. Thank you for your word and your truth. Thank you, God, for being such a bold God. How could you be so loving and so bold at the same time? You're so amazing. You didn't back off from truth. You are truth. You didn't back off from pointing people to life. You are life. And the way, if we take your way, which is you, then I I know the best is yet to come. It just won't be easy. It just is the path less taken. It's the rocky road, but it's the only one worth taking. God, will you help us do whatever you're calling us to do today? Holy Spirit, as you move through the room today, You're speaking to people individually and on purpose. You're guiding people to take steps. You're guiding people to get out of their comfort zone. You're guiding people for prayer. You're guiding people to surrender their lives. You're guiding guests to fill out cards, get a gift, get prayer. Let us love them. We get one shot, one shot in this little, little tiny life that we have. We want to make the most of it, God. But we certainly want to spend the next life with you. And we already know the answer to that. We found it today. through you and your beautiful words and your beautiful truth. God, we love you. We thank you that you came for us, you died for us, you rose for us. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that sets us free today, tomorrow, and forever. In Jesus' name I pray and we all say, amen.